This episode of The Mind Mix is brought to you by Eclipse Performance. Head coach and founder Monica Kincaid will work with you one-on-one through the use of hypnosis and habit change to take your performance to the next level, whether that's in sports, business, or something else. Visit www.eclipseperformance.com for more information and be limitless. This podcast is brought to you today by jendavis.com. Jen Davis is a life coach that takes people from stuck to success. Success means something different for everyone, so coaching with Jen is a one-on-one, highly personalized training system. Jen works with a client to crush goals, overcome any obstacles they face, and create a custom plan for sustainable success. jendavis.com. Welcome to the Mind Mix. It's the podcast where two friends talk about what's on our mind, about our minds, when it comes to mind. Hey, Monica, how are you? Good morning, Jen. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, if anybody caught our last podcast, we know that uh, that was a very genuine exchange. Yes, it was. And I appreciate that from you. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that from you as well. <laughs> this is just our normal conversations. Yeah. Yeah, so what I would like to talk about today and what I very often work with my coaching clients about is this big, fat word. Mm-hmm. You know it as the S word. <laughs> the S word. What is it, Monica? Should. Ugh. Yes, that's should. how I feel about should. You shouldn't say should. <laughs> that's how I feel about should. Right? Like a big X crossing that freaking word out yeah get out of my life should it's so judgy it is judgy all it is is a judgment it's a judgment from others a judgment on yourself whenever you say oh i should be doing this well why where is that coming from is it something you need to do okay thank you thank you for that because that's what i say people sit in front of us all day long and they go oh i should do this or i should feel this way or i should and my response to that is says who correct says who who says that you anything mm-hmm. right and then that leads us to why aren't we owning our language why aren't we owning what we want and what we need in life because very much that should could be rearranged to say something so much more powerful. Correct. I feel like it is partly the group mentality and partly not wanting to go against the tribe, whatever tribe that is, because that's where the shoulds are coming from in the first place, right? It's society saying this is the way things are done. You do this and then you do this and then you should this and you should that and you should blah, 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 blah. blah. And you should... Because other people said so. Because other people said so. Other people that have nothing to do with who you are and what you want out of life said Or how you feel. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite challenges that I issue to my coaching clients is to go a whole day without using the word should. I like that. It sounds like it should be pretty easy. (laughs) However... It's not easy. We don't realize how often we all say that word. And Mm -hmm. until we bring that, which is exactly what you're doing, into people's awareness, you're just going to go keep on shooting away. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's that what? The funny, the, oh, I just shoulded myself. (laughs) 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 It's really a level of awareness. So, yeah, so the challenge is, yes, don't say the word should, but secondarily, how do you rearrange that to, in fact, give a statement that really expresses what's going on, like the want or the need of that statement? Mm Mm-hmm. It apparently is very difficult to become vulnerable in front of whoever, people, Correct. with stating exactly what we want. Correct. Because we're afraid of the judgment. Yes. And that they will think that we should be that doing should. something else with mm-hmm. our life. Correct. It's, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my first coaching clients, she came to me and she was like, oh, me and my husband were fighting all the time about the stupidest stuff. And our last fight was, you know, he comes in every day home from work and he throws his keys on the counter. And I go, you really should put your keys in the basket next to the door. That's what it's for. And we just fight. And I go, okay, let's examine the should, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, says who? Well, says me. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. What is it about your husband throwing his keys on the counter instead of the basket that you place next to the door specifically for keys that gives you this judgment as to who he is and what he's doing? Well, I'm not judging him. That's interesting. Very interesting. So why do you think he should place his keys in a location instead of another location? Well, because I put the basket there. That's what it's for. Okay. Let's talk about that, Again. <laughs> right? So it unravels mm-hmm. so many things that have nothing to do with the husband. Yeah. And everything to do with this version of control. Yes. And, and because, she had no idea she was even doing it. Right. And so do you see what stepping back that word yes. says? So something as simple as like, why am I fighting with my significant other? Because mm-hmm. I told him he should do something. Yeah. Well, that word itself is judgy. Expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to feel a certain way about it. And this could go for any number of conflicts it that could we're be talking anything. about. Absolutely. Right? Anything. And so the challenge was, okay, let's own what we're feeling here. Instead of you should put your keys there because I said so mm-hmm. and you're not his mother. So there's probably <laughs> a certain way that we're feeling yeah. about that. How about you own that feeling? Right? Let's sit down and say, honey, I really would like you to please place your keys in that basket. I put it there for a reason. It helps us all know where things are, right? Instead of you should, which Mm -hmm. is very ucky. Yes. Owning the want. Yeah. Correct. And and how would that change the conversation? Mm -hmm. It would definitely change the conversation. And the interesting part is we don't like hearing other people tell us we should do things. And yet, we're doing this to ourselves mm-hmm. all day long. We are. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be here at this stage in my life. I should have already bought a house and a second home and a blah, 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 blah. Oh, gosh. You people know, are on second homes already. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And but that... I think we even should ourselves more than other people should us. Because we're always our harshest critics, Right. Which is another super interesting thing that we do to ourselves. Yeah, we are. Well, and even going back to our, our last podcast about the um, 
seeing a, an acquaintance on the street that you don't normally hang out with, right? It's yes. The whole, oh, we should oh, get coffee. Yeah. And, oh, we uh, should. <laughs> should we? <laughs> exactly. Should we? Maybe what we should do is just say hi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Offer a friendly smile, some kindness towards the other person, and go about our separate ways. Because if you're not already in my life, then maybe that's not where there's a reason for that. You need to be right now. Correct. And again, and that's not a negative thing right. either. I don't mean to say like if I don't talk to you, I'm not talking to you. It's that we have different people who come and go from our life on a regular basis, and there's reasons for that. Absolutely. And usually they're very personal reasons that have nothing to do with the other person. And those are the four agreements and we can talk about that another day. Um, Because you know how I love the four agreements. I know you love the four agreements. They're good though. They're very solid. It's a really great platform to fall back on. Um, Why don't you tell our listeners what they are just so they know. Okay. uh, The four agreements, a book written by Don Miguel Ruiz, a Toltec master. So ultimately, um, simple, not easy. The first agreement is be impeccable with your words. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. The fourth agreement is always do your best. Mm -hmm. Now, when I sit with people and we go over these agreements, they go, oh, yeah, I don't take anything personally. Uh-huh, sure. And I laugh, <laughs> laugh. You took 27 things personally before you got here this morning. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't make assumptions. <laughs> we all do. We it's all in our do. human nature. We all do. We all make assumptions. So one agreement builds on the next. And mm-hmm. um, again, that you know, that's for another, we can have an entire podcast d- dedicated to the four agreements. But yeah, ultimately. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> we will. I want to, Monica. I want to. Um, so the challenge, again, if you eliminate the word should, mm-hmm. how do you then own your feelings surrounding whatever that should was trying to say? And I really, truly believe that if we could own those feelings, if we could say, I want mm-hmm. instead of I should, or really you should, mm-hmm. right? Because the way to eliminate the you should is by saying, I want. Yes. And... I'm sure that we could come up with some examples where that doesn't fit and probably more often than not it It does it does it really does and so I'm going to issue that challenge to our listeners if you can eliminate the word should have the awareness right it comes up it's in our language we're really not even aware that it's happening so if if by listening to this just can click an awareness Mm -hmm. for our listeners even if the word keeps coming out, the, th- the fact that you're aware that you just heard it from yourself instead of allowing the feeling to mm-hmm. go on is the first step, right? That's Awareness step. is always the yes, first step. Always the first step. So You then, can't make a change if you exactly. don't know what you're changing. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. Then the behavior can change. Yeah. And that's where you're the specialist, the behavior change. Once you're aware, we can then make active choices to change Correct. it. So let's talk about a little bit about what that could look like from your background and experience. Well, what it could look like is noticing the word and still saying it. Mm -hmm. Noticing the word, changing it to something else. Noticing the word and still saying it. (laughs) Behavior change is not instant. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure on people Um, not from myself, I don't ever pressure my clients, but I feel like 
from the should society of society puts a lot of pressure on people to, if you're going to make a behavior change, then you just bam, do it, cold turkey, done, next. And that's not the way our minds work. That's not the way people work. So it's a process. So the first thing, like you said, is just becoming aware. Be aware of it. That's it. That's all you have to do is be aware. Okay, so I should go ride my bike. Okay, well, sit down and think about that. Like you said, get in touch with what your feelings are about mm -hmm. that. Okay, so I should ride my bike. Do I want to ride my bike? Do I need to ride my bike? What's the purpose of riding my bike? What is the goal that I'm trying to achieve from riding my bike? Right now, I do need to ride my bike. I'm training for an Ironman. So I also want to do my bike, ride my bike. So it's putting me towards a goal. Mm -hmm. So if I say, instead of saying, oh, I should go ride my bike right now, then you stop and look at it. Okay, well, do I need to ride my bike right now? Is there another time I can ride my bike? What else is going on? There's nothing that I should do. It's what I want to do and what I need to be doing in order to progress myself to the goal that I'm trying to reach. Yes. The wedge, I say, is, you know, if a, if a client is in front of me and you already heard me say, says who, mm -hmm. right? There's nothing to stop you as the individuals from saying that to yourself. No. And then going into the exploration that you were yeah. just talking about, right? So I should, yeah. let's use your example, I should go ride my bike. Well, says who, right? Correct. Say that to yourself, says who? And the answer ultimately is going to be, well, says me. Yeah. And then the next question is, why? Yeah. Why do I think I should mm -hmm. do this thing, right? And then yep. go into the exploration. And this exploration that Monica's talking about, it's not going to take you out of your day, right? These are no. flash thoughts that our, our brain is going through that's like... 10 seconds. Yes. Mm -hmm. The level of awareness that it takes to get us... Our minds are so amazing. They just they work are. so quickly. Faster than us. Faster than <laughs> us, right? <laughs> And then if the case happens to be that, well, I don't want to ride my bike, I feel that I need to because, mm -hmm. then that might be a whole new level of awareness. That's a different one, yeah. And that's okay too. Maybe mm -hmm. you need to, even though you don't really want to. There was a, I went on a date one time and I was so into this uh, want and need thing. Uh -huh. And I, I hadn't really been challenged on it before. And this <laughs> yeah. random person, who's a very good friend now, this random person <laughs> said to me, well, that's pretty needy. Oh. You know, and I'm talking about, why don't we own our language? Why don't we say what we need? And he goes, why do you need so much? Yeah. Like, what do you really need? And he broke down. He's like, what do you really need? You need oxygen. Yeah. You need water. Yeah. You need food sometimes. A little bit of food. He's like, what was this whole culture that said, I need this? Like, I need, he's like, eh, like yeah. this whiny thing, right? And I was like, who are you? What are you doing to my whole thought Called process? Out. It was. It was such an interesting conversation, which mm -hmm. is why we're friends now. Mm -hmm. Because rarely do I get fun stuff like that, yeah. right? So Somebody actually confronting you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it didn't change what I think about it. I still mm -hmm. think that we need to own the want and the need language because we yeah. as humans have individuals want, wants and needs, right? Um, we do. And I just thought that it was a really interesting perspective to sit and think, well, what really truly do I need? Yeah. And then it really kind of does become I want. Yes. Which is the best way to go about life. 
You don't ever get what you want if you don't ask for it. Correct. And, okay, so here's another side of that. The I want. Because sometimes I feel like people can be so focused on what they need and they want that whatever anybody else needs or wants doesn't matter. Mm. So I feel like you can want things and need things. That's fine. We all do. However, is what you're wanting and needing putting somebody else in a disadvantage? Mm. Is it causing a hardship for them? Is it making things more difficult? Are your wants and needs more important than somebody else's? See, I don't think so. I think it's important to have wants and needs. I have things I want, things I need. And at the same time, if that's going to cause somebody else trouble or, you know, have to go out of their way or something like that, then I'm going to seriously sit down and think about, well, what is the benefit of this? Like, do, is this something I really need? Because this is not so great for this person. And I'm going to say no. And the reason why I'm saying this is um, I had an interesting interaction with somebody and everything was about them and what they wanted and needed. And I even said something to this person. I said, is that... Like, do you really need that? Because that was not, it was a food server that they were making all these, like, like, is that really necessary? And they said, well, I don't want this and I don't like that. And I was like, but do you know this person is working and they have all these other tables and you're creating all this extra stuff for them? Like, how important is that? Like, are you allergic? Okay, then yes. If you just don't like something, okay. But do you really need like a list of demands? Like this is what I want and this is what I need. Hmm. So for me, there's a certain level of you're not the only person in the world. There's other people. That doesn't mean you're not important and your wants and needs aren't important. However, what about the wants and needs of everybody else? So this is interesting because I am not of the same vein on this one. Mm. Yes, of course. You will hear me say... All of the time. We did not wake up with the world revolving around us. Correct. There are, and, and part of the conversations that anybody might have with me is that you are not alone because you are one of 7 billion people on this earth, right? right? <laughs> and so that is a tool used for certain coaching situations mm -hmm. that, you know, again, brings a, a different level of awareness. So yes, I agree with you in that the world does not revolve around you. And... Mm -hmm. There are so many other things where that could come from. The, the first thing I thought was, well, maybe Correct. this person that you're talking about really never had needs fulfilled as a child. Mm -hmm. And so they're starting to own what they need and want. And it just so happens to come out in this situation that you're in a restaurant. And mm -hmm. yeah. And honestly, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I'm going to order it how I want. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that if it comes with, let's say, olives. I don't like olives. If I say no olives and it comes with olives, I'm just going to pick the olives off, right? Correct. It's not a big deal, okay? But I am right. going to order it with no olives. Yeah. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, what I'm talking about is when you take it to like an extreme level. So if you really don't like that, then don't. But if you are picking an item off the menu and like every single thing you order is special... Okay, let's take a step back and look at that. Maybe you should just eat at home. Yeah, why don't you just <laughs> eat at home? Because that's not really you know, considerate of other people. And that was my whole point is that we have wants and needs and they're important. We are important. And we need to take 
other people into consideration as well. So if you, I mean, I'll do the same thing. If something has something on it I don't like, I'll say, can I have this without it? And same thing. If it comes with on it, with I'll just knock it to the yeah. side. Not a big deal. So what we're talking about is really a surface level um, idea of this. Yeah. To go a little deeper, I would say this. There are wants and needs that we are going to have as individuals that even in consideration of other people, it's not going to work out with the other person. Mm-hmm. So we may be considerate of it, right? I understand yeah. that. Let's pretend it's a relationship, right? Okay. I want and I need this out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I would say stick to that because too often we've been in relationships where mm-hmm. we were overly considerate of the other person. Yes. And we did not honor ourselves with Correct. our wants and our needs yeah. where we just allowed things to happen because, oh, maybe, eh, right? Yeah. Um, and so many clients come to us talking about like, I am in this relationship and I'm not happy. It's mm-hmm. not a good relationship. I don't get anything I want. And am I selfish for that? And the answer yes. is, no, no, you're not. You're not. No, that's a different situation. And the other, so I think it's important in context yeah. to understand that the ability to express your wants and needs, yes, the world does not revolve around you. And it is still so important to know what you want, how you want it, what you need, why you need it. Yes. And I think my point to that is what's really important. So in your example, being able to say what you want and you need is essential because that's honoring who you are. That's not letting somebody walk all over you. That's one situation. And what I'm talking about is I completely agree with you. Like the other situation where some people will take that and they'll go too far with it and then everything starts being about them and what they need and that kind of situation. I think that there's a, a... a certain level of that as people become aware. Mm. So I think that as we as humans become more aware of whatever the thing is, it almost becomes an obsession. So there's this thing that I want to change and I need to be absolutely obsessed about it in order to make that change. And so sometimes we end up on a soapbox or sometimes mm-hmm. we end up down in a hole, right? Yeah. And it's the only thing that I know right now. And it's the only thing that I can focus on. And I'm still trying to have my life and I'm still sure. But right now I'm so focused on what I want and need. I'm the jerk that's sitting at the restaurant <laughs> telling the server exactly how I want it and what I want. Correct. And so... I, I totally get that. I really do. And, you know, I, I want to honor that in people. And, yeah, maybe I'm not ever going to go out with that person again. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a portion of their life as they're becoming aware of different things that are happening to them, with them, because Could of be. them, that sort of thing. Um, now, that's not to say that I wouldn't be sitting at that table with you rolling my eyes like Monica who is this guy like honestly yeah. is are they gonna spit in our food yeah like this right? is kind of a little <laughs> bit crazy right and not knowing it's a little over the top not knowing the whole story I might give that person a second shot but you do that again at a restaurant with me we're not mm-hmm. ever going out again in public like yeah. that's just kind of the way it is um and I I hear you and I think that there's, especially coming out of a pandemic, right? This ability to be like, it's not just me. Yeah. And I wake up every day and as much as it feels like my world, 
right? Mm -hmm. It's not revolving around me. And actually, I say that to people when I haven't talked to them in a long time. There's acquaintances or people from my past, and we come across each other. I'm prompted to think about them. The, The thing that I like to say is, it's not how are you. It's what's going on in your world. What's going on? What's new? What's going on in your world? Because mm-hmm. that's what it feels like, right? This is my world and that's, Monica yeah. just entered it. Or this is Monica's world and Jen just happens to be here right now. Mm-hmm. We all are experiencing, this is actually part of the four agreements too, it's our, our, our story is our own dream. Yeah. We are the storytellers mm-hmm. of our dream. And so it is our own world. Yeah, it's our perspective. At a certain point. Yeah. And so we were, we were talking last time about ego mm-hmm. and how important it is to have one because yes. it is a sense of self and that it's is a important. Sense of self. At, at, but at, to what extent does it then become too inflated? Yeah, when you start saying my needs are more important than everybody else's. And I think for some people, uh, it's not an awareness. It's an insecurity. Yeah. Well, I I would definitely agree that a majority of this world walks around in a fog. Yeah. There is... Very unsure of ourselves and... Little awareness. That's nothing against anybody who feels like that. I feel like that myself sometimes. It's natural, right? The things that are happening to us and with us and because of us, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very natural to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it sometimes does help to take that step back and look at it from the aerial perspective and be like, oh, I'm not the only one. Right. That helps me a lot. It yeah. helps when I feel dark and alone and like nobody else is going through this, right? Mm-hmm. That's very selfish of me. I think it is not possible that in the history of this world, I am the only mm-hmm. one. You're special. <laughs> I'm so special. You're so right? special. We do that to ourselves. We and we do. isolate ourselves mm-hmm. so much. And so part of the perspective that really helps me is that I'm not alone in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through that. I was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends when I was pregnant with my first child. And I was like, man, I, I'm so anxious about that. I actually mm-hmm. used you for hypnosis when yeah. I was pregnant to like help me get into this mindset about my delivery and yeah. what it might be like, right? And you obviously don't have um, any idea what's going to happen when you go and have a baby. And I remember my girlfriend, because she yeah. had her baby <laughs> six years prior, thinking the only way I got through this was just remembering that like I'm not the first woman in the history of the world to ever give birth, right? Mm-hmm. Like. We are populated in humanity yeah. because women give birth. And so yes. it just helped her in this global idea that, okay, yes, I'm anxious in my own world. I'm having trouble figuring out what this could possibly be like. And I'm not the only one that has ever gone mm-hmm. through it. And now obviously yeah. giving birth is, you know, a funny thing because women give birth. Um, oh boy. Do not start with the PC gen, not only women give birth. Don't don't tune in with that one. Don't take me there, right? <laughs> women give birth. Um, it, is, it is just helpful to understand that in the history of the world, you are not the only one. No, you're not the only one. However, that just brings up fears of the unknown, right? The unknown is always scary to humans. That is just innate. We were talking about that last week. It is in our unconscious mind. It is part of us being afraid of the unknown because it could be danger. It's not safe. The unknown is not safe. And so even though all these other women before you have given birth, 
you personally had not experienced it. So to you, that was unknown. And it's a very normal, natural fear to have. And then once you gave birth, then it wasn't the same for the second one because you knew what to expect. Kind now of, it's something it was totally different. <laughs> Even still, but yes. you had like an idea what this was going to be, yeah. what to expect. Yeah, and... It was no longer unknown. Right. So I understand the the personal experience, right? Because yes, everybody is going to have their own personal experience and you have yeah. to go, the, the, the same reason people make mistakes that everybody else in history have made because mm-hmm. you, you have to go through it yourself sometimes. I actually sometimes. was not that child. I was the, oh, there's 87 people before me that says that this is how it's going to go. I'm just going to go ahead and believe them <laughs> because what do I need to figure it out yeah. for, right? There are some people that are not like this. Like, yeah, no, nope, I'm not like that. I have to fall I into the go fire the other myself, way. right? Yeah. I, I get that. And <laughs> Oh, everyone's going right? Okay, I'm going to go left. Yeah. Yeah. And not easy. No. It has not been easy. Sometimes I wish I could just go right, but I have this strange pull to go the other way and do things the other way. Even if it could potentially harm you. My entire life has been like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Even if it can potentially harm me, and I can't say that it's not without that fear of the unknown. It's definitely scary. Well, there's something to be said for that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, a. and I don't know if that goes back to the way we were raised. I don't know if that goes back to our subconscious or unconscious mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. I was raised in right? that don't do the unsafe thing, mm-hmm. right? But it was it was guilt. Now, don't get me wrong. My parents are amazing. Yeah. And I didn't do a lot of things because I was super afraid that my parents would be disappointed. And yeah. I was the kid that if you said the word disappointed, I would go ground myself for three Oh, days. really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spankings, whatever. That didn't work on yeah. me. It was like, whatever. But if you said you were you're disappointed, disappointed oh, mm. that just crushed me. It crushed yeah. me. Where did that come from? I don't know. I don't know. I was born with this guilt. Yeah. That, like, I don't know. Again, is that in my unconscious or subconscious mind? Did that happen yeah. when I was a baby and I learned something, a behavior that got me there? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I would tend to believe. It's something that, in how you were raised the first two years, and no disrespect to your parents or anybody who's no, a it's parent. to keep me safe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They did the best they could. Oh my gosh. And you have to love them and accept them for that. I was so. just reading a thing because, you know, I have two littles of my own now. And so I'm reading all of this parenting stuff. And it's like, don't do this to your kid. And I was like, but wait, my parents did that to me. Right. <laughs> what am I healing from? Yeah. And again, I'm going to stop and say, oh my gosh, you guys, I have the best parents, the most supportive, the most there for me, the most like, honestly, uh, don't know how I would do life without that. Mm-hmm. And... Because of that, there was a condition created within the family that made a lot of things happen in my life that I maybe would have done differently had I been raised in a different condition. Mm -hmm. So the conditioning part of it probably makes us say should. It probably does. That's a good place where should is coming from. Hmm. I love that. Because your parents thought this is where what you they should be doing, just like. You feel like this is what I should be doing, and you're looking at other things, right? That's should. It's society. It's what Absolutely. society tells us. It, it comes from society, yes, from our families, because mm-hmm. that's the closest to us. So 
that's what I call in, in my coaching, we call changing the agreements, right? Mm-hmm. Again, working off of the four agreements, the yeah. conditioning that we have created in our lives, whether consciously or subconsciously or even mm-hmm. unconsciously, if we're going to talk about that part of it, is these are agreements that maybe we didn't even make on purpose. No. They were created for us. Yes. And so I use the example, like, don't touch the hot stove. That's a great agreement. Let's keep that one. Yeah. That serves <laughs> us moving yeah. forward, right? Yeah, that's beneficial, real danger. And and we can agree to that. We'll mm-hmm. all agree, don't touch the hot stove, right? Yeah. Good agreement. Let's, let's hold on to that one. And maybe other agreements that we created along the way, I'm 40, in 40 years, maybe some of those agreements don't serve me moving forward. I would have to agree with that. And that's where these behavior changes come mm-hmm. around. And that's where the awareness of the should, right? The so I love the, the idea of being aware of the should because that points to something mm-hmm. in ourselves that maybe needs to be re-looked at and maybe a new agreement needs to be formed moving forward. Possibly. That might be more beneficial to you and what you want and need. Ah. So here's another interesting thing about the shoulds. They're culture-based. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree mm-hmm. with that. Yes. Give us an example. Uh, well, okay. So in India, they have arranged marriage, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a woman of a certain age, then you should be married. Where in this country, those shoulds have kind of relaxed a little bit. And when you're 18, I think it should be you should not get married. <laughs> and maybe we should keep that should not. Because <laughs> we're just kids. Much to the disagreement of my own 18-year-old daughter. <laughs> right. Well, when you're 18, you just feel like you, you, know, you know everything. everything. I remember yeah. I was 16 and my mom would say, you better become the CEO of a company right now because you really will never be smarter than you are right now. I know you think you're the smartest thing. You better go just... Be a CEO. I don't. I don't know what else to tell yeah. you. Clearly, you know everything. And I'd be like, "She's so dumb." <laughs> That's right. I do everything. Why are my parents so dumb? Mm-hmm. But so that yeah. would be just off the top of my head, like an example of a should. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Even uh, in the United States, because it's really the only thing I can to, can speak to, how things have become so. Like, I'm in a very untraditional relationship. We have Mm -hmm. two children together, and we're not yet married. Mm -hmm. We intend to be. However, we've done everything ass backwards. Yeah. And back in the day, that would be like, (gasps) yeah, just this awful thing. Like, oh, oh, I'm a... I'm a whore. (laughs) You're such a whore. Yeah. Back in the day, right? You should not have children until you get married. Which actually rushed a whole bunch of marriages because all these people were getting pregnant. And then you end up marrying Uh, somebody you never should marry. Should. Should. Right? Hence the divorce culture. You could have (laughs) done something different. Maybe instead of should, maybe you could have Mm. done something different. So, okay, let's talk about that. Is should and could and would, are those all in the same category? I don't think so. Because to me, if you say would, then you're asking somebody to do something. Would you read this paper? Would you get a cup of coffee? Would you? What about this? I would have done something differently. That's more regret, right? Whereas the should is the guilt. That I would have done something differently is regret. What about, I love this. (laughs) What about the judgment of looking at somebody having done something and saying, I would have done it differently. 
Ooh, that's a good point. That's very judgy. It is. Yeah. Here's what I say about that aspect of it. Nobody knows what they would do in any given situation until it happens to them. Until it happens to you. So it is easy to step back. And just be the overlord of, I know how to do everything the right way. (laughs) Yes. And they did it the wrong way. And I would have done it this way. And (laughs) that would have been the right thing to do. Right? Right. The truth of the matter is, y'all. I love your overlord voice, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a mother, so. Um, The truth of the matter is, is you do not know what you would do in any given situation until it actually happens to you. We have these grand ideas mm-hmm. about our morals and our ethics yeah. and what we think would be. And I'm, and I'm saying this on purpose when I say would, right? I'm trying to point out the would. That's the judgy part of it. So I hear yeah. you on the other parts of it. And it's still something to be aware of. Yeah. If it's in the judging matter. Yeah. true. So we really like to think that we know better. Mm-hmm. We happen to have these egos that say, oh, yeah. we are just... Our minds want to be right. Yes. Always. Yes. We will always make ourselves right. Something super interesting I just read uh, to add to that is that when you're presented with new information, only 5% of it needs to be true for your mind to take it on as truth. Mm. 5%. So everything in this podcast is 100% true. (laughs) And it explains the uh, influence that the media now has over people. Because all you need is just one little snippet and your mind will take off and run with it. Say, oh, this little tiny piece in this whole other thing that none of this was true, but this one little tiny piece was. And so now you take off and run with it and everything is true. Well, and that speaks to the idea that we seek out information that is in agreement with the stuff that we already yes. think and believe. Yes. We're always focused on what is what we believe and making ourselves right, which is where the whole I want, I need can go overboard, mm-hmm. which is what I was talking about. Like you can really yeah. walk the plank on that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Just being aware. God, that's like one of my favorite words. Yeah, just aware. aware. Yeah. So I let's talk about, for those that maybe are having a hard time grasping, what does being aware mean? What are other words that can describe what being aware actually means? That's a good question. Uh, to be aware is to be conscious of the thoughts that are coming from your subconscious mind is to be is to know the patterns that your subconscious mind plays out in any particular area sometimes it's hard for us to recognize our own patterns which is where coaching comes yeah, in which is where coaching comes in because it's a third party perspective that's working to your best benefit right Correct. It's working towards the idea that you already know what may be a success item for you and then helping to show the perspective that mm-hmm. then allows you to make that change or or gives you the awareness for lack of a better word right because that's our word that oh look this is a pattern 
you claim that you want this and we're stuck in this. And so how do we get out of this in order to move forward to that? Mm -hmm. Um, This is all very general. (laughs) Very general. If we're talking about it. But that's ultimately what it is, is the ability to take a step back. Yes. And look at your thoughts. Correct. And that's scary. Yes. A lot of people don't want to confront themselves. Well, that's why nobody does the hard work, right? The yeah. hardest work you'll ever do is on yourself. Yeah. It's Confronting the most yourself, rewarding. Stepping a step back and saying, okay, yeah, what is really going on here? And how is this making the world a better place? Mm. Do you think everybody has an innate desire to really make the world a better place? Um, That's a good question. I feel like the vast majority of people are genuinely good and genuinely want to do good in the world. And I feel like a lot of the ways and the shoulds of society that we've all been programmed have really hurt a lot of us. And we act out of a place of that hurt. And so people will put other people down and put negative comments because that's the only way they have to feel better about themselves. And I don't think that they're bad people. I think that they could benefit from reprogramming their mind so that they have those positive, that dopamine hit without having to put somebody else down. Again, like what are your needs and what are your wants? That's really where that agreement, don't take anything personally, comes into play because if you're able to step away from the, they're attacking me Mm -hmm. and into the empathy of, they're a hurt person. Yes. And you've heard hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. It's 100% true. Why are we not able to cut that, oh, they're attacking me, right? And I'm going to come at you back harder, defensive, more aggressive, mm-hmm. and take a step back and say, I feel, I feel for that person. Not mm-hmm. necessarily I feel sorry for that person. I don't know. And if we really truly believe that agreement that it's not about you, right? It's mm-hmm. not taking anything personally because that own pers- that other person woke up with their own stuff, mm-hmm. right? The world revolving around them. When you have two worlds colliding, it's not because anything that this one did or that one did. It's that there's other stuff going on. There's mm-hmm. other things happening that we're yeah. not aware of with other people and we get so caught up in what's in happening ourselves, with ourselves and that our own we, wants and needs yeah em- empathy is really an amazing skill it is it the really is ability to step away from not mm-hmm. get, get caught up in the sympathy of it yes. right sympathy and empathy are different yeah they're different the ability to step back and say i see you Mm-hmm. okay, that has nothing to do with me. You've heard the phrase, what other people think of you is none of your business. Correct. It really isn't any of your business. That's a hard one. Because it doesn't have anything to do with you. And I think it all comes back to what you just asked me about whether people want to make the world a better place or not. And I feel like that most people do. I feel like the vast majority of people are good and kind. And if you give people an opportunity to, they will. They will show up as kind. I tend to agree with you. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I 
I attempt to create that space in my own world for Mm -hmm. those people. And I've had really great experiences thus far. Um, Of course, people enter and leave our lives that may or may not have amplified what Mm -hmm. that that looks like. And when we can learn from that, we do better, right? The more information we have. They're just giving you information, correct. Yes. Really isn't all of life information gathering and it distributing? It is information gathering. Yeah, that's all we're doing is gathering information. And when we know better, we do better. We do. Let me ask you this. That's Ooh. one of my favorite phrases. Yes. If you could have done better, you would have done better. Yes. Okay, could. Yeah, I like could. You could. I'm good with could. Then you would. It shows so much potential. It does. So why is should so shitty? And would, like, 50%, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And then, and then could, the could is so great. I love yeah. could. Yeah. Could I do this? Yes. Yeah. No. It's, like you said, it's opportunity. It's optimistic. It's what are the possibilities? Yeah. Could this happen? And whereas should is like, should. Mm-hmm. It's like stomping you into the ground. You mm-hmm. should do this. You should do that. Whereas could is over here going like, oh, look at the flowers. Yeah. What could happen? It's, Look at the rainbow. Look how pretty it is over here. Uh-huh. Where should is like a dark storm. Could is like a sunny beach. I love, well, you know, I love my sunny beaches. Yes. Um, Who so doesn't? I we really live in Hawaii. enjoy the idea <laughs> of could. And still the level of awareness, right? So if somebody says, could this happen? Or could I do this? Or I could do this? And any one of those potential. phrases. It's potential. And we love we love potential. potential. Yeah, I I, I still like the idea of questioning what that looks like, though. Mm-hmm. Could I do this? Well, I could. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you need to? Do you to? need to? What do you? What are the feelings yeah. surrounding this? Right? Because we could or we could. Who is this going to help? Who is going to benefit? That's a big question I ask myself. Is well, you know, what's the benefit of this? Who's going to benefit? Mm-hmm. How are they going to benefit? That's a big thing for me right now. Okay. We all have our things. We have our things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like could. What I like more about it is the idea that you can explore it further. You can. And really just get down to the desire of Mm -hmm. it. And it all comes back to, do you want to? Do you need to? Yeah. Um, And I think being really good, like settled in whatever that is, Mm-hmm. If you're good with it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it because other people then get to make their own decisions. Yeah. Right? So you're coming up in this world and you're thinking about like, who is this going to benefit? How is it going to benefit? Is it, you know, does it work for me? It might not work for other people, but it really does work for me. And the, everybody around you is doing the exact same thing. I think that we might get somewhere with that as a society. Mm-hmm. And... How does an individual bring that out into the world? Is it you make the world a better place by making yourself better first? It is. It's curiosity, right? It's just being curious about what's around you, what possibilities there are, whereas should is very limited, right? Mm, It's very like, bam, should, whereas could is limitless. And you can get curious about that and start asking questions and start looking at what does this look like? What could this look like? What's the potential? Right? Y'all can't see it's me, but limitless. I have such a big smile on my face. This is like, she's speaking my language. I love it. 
Yes. The possibility. Of, uh, Possibilities. The word possibility sits in my solar plexus right here on my chest, and it just overwhelms me with, like, just, ugh. Yeah. It feels so good. It does feel good. And possibility is different to everyone. When I was 16 and I had to fill up my own gas tank, you know what was like the best thing? A full gas tank, right? Mm -hmm. I thought, the possibility. The possibility. I can drive anywhere. Where am I going to (laughs) go? Yep. Because there have been time in life when I didn't have the money to fill up a whole gas tank. And I thought, for sure. A quarter tank Your of possibilities gas is not- are limited. <laughs> <laughs> then it's where should I go? <laughs> oh yes. Uh, yeah, we're we're back there, and this uh, this is where I am now. If somebody invites me someplace, I sit there and I go, "Are you more fun than my two year old and my six month old?" <laughs> and would me traveling to you be the same value as it would be getting my kid to school the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really where I am and yeah. identifying, like, where do I want to go and value. Be, and what am I spending my money yeah. on? Because right now, it's all on gas and yeah. it's for essential things. So, it's one gas of those... Gas is out of control right now. Yeah. Especially so here. the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds, those uh-huh. are all coming up. A lot of questions. It of, changes things. Yeah. Whereas before, when gas isn't really an issue, then you're like, okay, possibilities. Where do I get to go? What do I get to do? Yeah. So, okay, let's talk I'm about I'm going to drive really an hour to my favorite beach every day, even though right. it's an hour away. And now I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll go. Maybe yeah. I won't. Economical changes. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and you'll have to correct me on this, is it subconsciously or unconsciously change our thoughts which then change our behavior because like your example oh gas is two dollars a gallon not six dollars a gallon right i can go anywhere but now yeah. so the idea of limiting beliefs now we're creeping mm-hmm. back in societally yes. is that yeah. a word societally yeah. it is now okay let's go with it you all know what i mean yeah um and so we get you jen thank you i feel so seen <laughs> you are seen <laughs> the idea i see of you you know, even if you actively choose your words, even if you're impeccable, agreement number one, impeccable with your words, right? And on a regular basis, you're doing this and you're practicing it. It's becoming a regular part of your lifestyle. And then something like what we're in economically comes around and it really halts you in your idea that things are possible now, mm-hmm. right? Now I have mm-hmm. these limiting beliefs. Yeah. How does one maintain that level of unlimiting beliefs mm-hmm. when all of the economy seems to be falling down around? That is a really tough one. Mm. Because then it becomes looking at the possibilities within what is actually possible. Because not anything is always possible. Anything is possible, but there are moments where things are not possible. Like I am <laughs> You're not. You're confusing me with all okay, of these possibilities. So <laughs> I'm not. It is not possible for me to drive my car from here to Los Angeles. Not possible. I will not get very far. Yeah, the ocean might not come there, yeah, there's this sandy ocean. It's not a submarine, it's a car. 
So in that sense, what I mean is we have to look at what is actually possible within those possibilities. So like for right now, what you're talking about with like gas being so expensive and if when it's inexpensive, we have so many more possibilities. And when it is expensive, it limits our possibilities and they're still there. There's still, still possibilities. Exist. You still have possibilities. It's that that scope of what is possible has narrowed until gas prices come back down, your income increases, whatever it is, in order to get to that level again. So it's not impossible, but it's also important to be looking at what are these things around me? Like, what does this look like? Like, if I want to drive to the other side of the island every day, is that really a possibility? And that's a lot of gas to get to the other side and back. So it can be, but in this space that I'm in right now, it is not. Okay, so then it goes back to like our coaching and what we do. So how do you get from this space into the space where that is possible? So is it possible? Yes, because it exists as a possibility. Yes. But, but not, is it then necessary yeah, or... All possibilities may not be available to you at all times. So this is fascinating to me. You can create those possibilities being available to you. So I, I don't even know where this came from. I must have read mm. it or so, something I don't know. And what we're talking about has just prompted me on this. So the idea of, and, and you're an athlete and I'm, I'm a former athlete, uh, the idea of... The phrase, anything is possible, yeah. right? If you put your mind to the it, Iron anything Man is possible. Slogan, anything is possible. Well, Iron Man, let's yeah. talk about it. Here's mm. the deal. Is it possible that I become a, an Olympic weightlifter? Okay, possible. Yeah, Does it I would say it is possible. Does it exist in actuality? Right, well, yes, things have to happen. I would have to put the training in. A lot in. I would have of to things would have to happen, yeah. But then... But, and we'll have a whole separate thing on the word but and and. You've heard me say but and and multiple times in this yeah. situation. We'll have a whole nother thing on that. What I'm saying is then where does the idea, not even the idea, the, the reality of who you are, your body type, what you're capable, right? Like, does it make sense in my body type? I'm six foot tall. Mm -hmm. I'm a former volleyball player. Mm -hmm. Would my body ever really be the type, right, mm -hmm. that would be an Olympic weightlifter? I would say it could be. Absolutely. Because to say that you are not is limiting yourself. And you're not giving your subconscious mind where all these programs are held the credibility that it deserves. Because if this is something, say, if you came to me and said, Monica, you know what? I want to lift weights in the Olympics. I don't care how old I am. I don't care what my body size is. This is what I'm going to do. Then I 100% would believe that you could do it. But you would have to not only train your body, you would absolutely have to train your mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you train your mind, you really are limitless. So... I get you, right? In mm -hmm. the in the NBA, there were those tiny little guys, like the 5'5", five, five, like, you're never going to be a pro basketball player. And they're like, watch me. Yeah. And here we are, Mr. What, Spud Webb is like, right? He's yeah. what, five something nothing, right? 
There is this idea. Of, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have Google. I'm yeah. not Joe Rogan. I don't have the fact checkers pulling things up behind me. We'll get there one day, Monica. Yeah, we'll get there. Um. Anyway, hi, Joe Rogan. Thank you. We adore you. Um. There is something to be said, though, right, about the ideal body type for, let's talk about sports, the ideal Mm -hmm. body type for a runner, the Mm -hmm. ideal body type for a football player, the ideal body type for a swimmer, the ideal body type for even a weightlifter. And you know what those are? Shoulds. (laughs) They're just shoulds. You all can't see me. I wish I had video on. Those are just shoulds. It's not to say that it can't happen and... It can and it does happen. If. Yeah. You train your mind. You mm. just have to train your mind. You have to want this more than anything else. And once you do and you start training your mind to do that, you will do that. Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite stories. You know, mm. the one with the guru and the, um, the boy that wanted to be taught. Do you know that no, one? No, I don't think I know that one. Oh, it's so Share. beautiful. Okay. So to, to speak to, yeah, to speak to what Monica was just talking about, how you have to want it more than anything else. Yes. Okay. So there's the story and you all might've heard this and I'm terrible at storytelling and here we go. There is, um, let's say, call him a man. There's a man who wants to be taught by the guru, the guru of whatever the guru, right? There's a, a guru and I'm going to this guru and I, you are the master and I want to be taught and I want to do what you do and I want to know how you do it and and I want to be the best at it. And the guru says, okay, meet me down at the ocean uh, at 5 a.m. Uh, tomorrow. And the guy goes, okay, great. I'm all excited, right? We're going to get my first lesson. He meets the guru down at the ocean. And the guru walks into the water and says, follow me. And the man goes, okay, what are we doing? And the guru then proceeds to hold the man underwater and lets him up. And he gasps for air. And he goes like, what are you doing? I thought you were going to teach me. And he does it again. He dunks him again. And he holds him there. And the guy's struggling. And he lets him up. And he says, when you want this thing more than you want to breathe, that's when you're going to be ready to make this change. When you have such a craving, such a desire, when you want it more than life itself. Yep that's when the change is going to be impactful. That's lesson number one from the guru. Yes. You all can correct me on how that goes, but you get the essential idea. When you want it more than anything else. And you have to work for it. Mm. And you can do it. Oh, yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. We limit ourselves. Mm. Yes. We're very good at limiting ourselves. We're so good. All those shoulds. I love it because you're right. It is the shoulds Mm -hmm. from the agreements that we've made growing up or whatever. Yeah. That somebody said we could or couldn't mm-hmm. or somehow I overheard something and I decided to believe that and it doesn't serve me moving forward, but that's why I'm stuck. Yes. I'm yeah. stuck because somebody taught me something that I didn't ever consciously choose to agree with and it's in there now and now I have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. The wonderful thing is you can do something about you it. You can do something about it. You can do something about it on your own. Mm-hmm. You can do something about it um, by talking with a therapist, by talking mm-hmm. with a coach. We yep. obviously love coaches. Yeah. Um, you can do something about it by becoming aware. You yeah. can do something about it by having an accountability partner, whether yep. that's a, a romantic partner, a friend, a parent, a coach, uh, anything Anybody. like that. Yeah. Anybody who's willing. Because we love the idea of possibility. Mm-hmm. The coulds. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to go. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Monica, thank you for your time today. As always, it's been super fun talking about thank you, Jen. the stuff we think about. Right? Yep. It's always fun. Tune in next time for whatever comes up next. Yeah, who knows what that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, y'all. Bye.